We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, this is Dave Potts with Roto Grinders. Uh, I wanted to give you a quick walkthrough of my lineup from Tuesday night that won the uh, relay throw on DraftKings and just kind of briefly talk through the tools that I used on the site um, to help making those lineups. Um, if you're familiar with my article, uh, The Million Dollar Musings, that sort of gives you the, the backdrop of how I do my research um, as far as mostly looking through plate IQ to find, um, just go through the matchups each day, make my lists of top plays at every position and things that I like. Um, but in those bigger tournaments where I'm multi-entering, uh, I've been using Lineup HQ's Lineup Builder to get me more lineups than I can build by hand. In the past, I've been uh, someone who did everything by hand, and I do about 15 or 20 lineups, um, anything that's going to be in a single entry or a three max entry tournament is going to be done by hand. But when I get into multi-entry, um, especially if I'm trying to do a, you know, a whole bunch of versions of a stack, I'm, I'm going to use the lineup builder. So I'm going to show you um, what I did on that night with the uh, Padres stacks uh, that helped me take down that tournament. So 
So if we go to results DB, you can look back at any contest you want and see ownership levels. Um, and this was the relay throw. And um, right here up top, this is the lineup that won for me. Uh, you'll see I uh, paid all the way up for Max Scherzer and all the way down for Nestor Cortez. Um, there was sort of a high end and a low end of pitchers and then a mid-tier. And uh, this lineup went uh, went high-low. Yeah, so... There's, there's a couple ways you can go, and I don't think you're crazy for going in several different ways. Um, personally, I think you get, I think you can get up to Max Scherzer and punt, punt some bats um, because we've got, with these hitting conditions, some of the punts are just more interesting. The, the really cheap stuff, I think, is going to be very chalky in tournaments, and I like it. I like Cortez, and I'm even fine with Jesse Chavez. Um, and then a five-band Padres stack with uh, power one-offs in Vogelbach and Listella, and then a cheap Kyle Garlic, who was there just to make the salary fit. On FanDuel, the Padres are just way too cheap. Uh, Reyes and Renfro, I think you can play in cash games, and I think they're going to be really chalky in tournaments on FanDuel as opposed to DraftKings, um, but I even like them there. What I want to point out about this lineup is for this tournament, I was the highest on that uh, Padres stack of everything that day, and the one thing I want to make sure of is that I just got simply way ahead of the field on the Padres. It's not that they were sneaky, but um, when you get to a 15 game slate, I just am not as concerned with ownership as I am on a smaller slate, as much as I'm concerned with making sure that I am ahead of the field on whatever I like the most. Um, so I'm not going to worry about getting off of a stack that I like because it's popular, but I don't want to just simply match the field on it. Um, so if we click to my ownership, um, just look at my lineups. I believe I had something like 80 lineups. And if we start just looking at the hitters, um, you'll see that my five highest owned uh, bats were all these Padres. What's interesting is my highest owned, and I think everyone's highest owned Padre, was Framiel Reyes. And he's the guy that didn't do anything that night. He got robbed of a home run, um, but he only ended up with three points. But having those multiple varieties of Padres stacks allowed me to have um, Manny Margot in that winning lineup. And he's the guy that wasn't in my, you know, my first build of a Padres stack did not have Margot. Um, and that's why I want to make sure I had multiple versions of that stack. So I could pair him with the guy that I did like the most, other than Reyes, was Mejia, um, who had a big night. And then if we go look at my um, pitcher ownerships for that night, wait, wait for it. There it is. Um, what you'll notice is um, I X'd out most of the pitcher pool, all these zero percents. Um, I did not want any of those guys. I was focusing on the, the two expensive guys, Scherzer and Cole, the two cheap guys, Cortez and Chavez. And then mid-tier, I, I was on Jack Flaherty, who had a bad night. Um, but he had four great innings and then one bad inning, which uh, kind of ruined it all. Um, but I knew I didn't want to be just all in on, on someone like Flaherty. So I mixed in the other mid-tier guys a little bit along with him. Um, but the lineups that do, did the best that night were the Scherzer with one of the cheap guys who both came through. Um, so the reason I use lineup HQ for multi-entry stacks is to get me all these different combos of these pitchers that I like. Um, I can get to, like I say, I can do about 20 by hand where I'll figure out, okay, let me make sure I have five with Jack Flaherty and five with Scherzer. Um, but to get all the right combos of the different versions of the stack, um, I just set in these percentages. Um, 
mostly by Xing out a bunch of pitchers and then uh, doing the same at the positions um, where just getting rid of some of the players that I know I didn't like. Um, like, so all these first basemen down here were just X'd off my list. Um, so I didn't want to try to play everybody. Um, and that allowed me to make sure I had a focus on Padres stacks with all these different pitchers. And um, as it worked out that night, one of them hit. And um, that's what we're trying to do in these big tournaments. It's really kind of first place or bust. Um, so the key there is get ahead of the field on your stack and then focus on the players outside your stack. These guys like Vogelbach and Lestella were kind of the difference makers as really low owned plays with home run upside. So the players who are not in my stack that don't have home run upside and are expensive are going to get X'd out completely. Um, and then I'll leave a couple of these cheap guys like Garlic in because they're the only way you can fit Scherzer with a Machado and a Tatis is by having something cheap. Um, so that's basically the process I use on lineup HQ. Um, get all my Padres stacks. Um, and for this set of lineups, I set 100% Padres stack exposure. Um, I think I did 30 Padres stacks or so. Um, and I did those all in one build with 100% primary stacks on the Padres um, with the way I had uh, mixed in the ownership and everyone else. And that night it worked out for me. So if you have uh, any questions, you can always find me on the Million Dollar Musings. Um, we can, uh, I'll usually talk through each day which of the stacks I like, which slates I'm not stacking, if I'm doing mini stacks, who I like. And you'll be able to figure out kind of how I'm getting to my player pool on each night from that. And then um, just a matter of watching the games and every once in a while, um, it works out like that. So good luck to you and we will talk to you later. Hey, thanks for checking out our videos. If you want more expert advice on DraftKings, FanDuel, or any other daily fantasy sports, make sure you check out the current videos playlist.
What's going on, Rotogrinders? Dean here. It's Dean 7904. If you want to get all technical on me, it's 5 o'clock on the East Coast, 2 o'clock on the West Coast, 4 o'clock Tennessee time, which, of course, but it's time for the flagship show here at Rotogrinders. It is called Grinders Live, sponsored by Fantasy Draft. Joining me today uh, is one Grant Neifer. Grant, uh, it just got really, really somber pre-show, really, really awful news that you guys are not aware. Uh, apparently, Tyler Skaggs has passed. He's died. I don't know the situation. doesn't matter, uh, but that's awful. Uh, Grant, welcome to the Monday DFS show. Terrible news. Yeah, yeah, that was a not a great thing to hear five minutes before our show. Uh, just it's not great. I mean, the news hasn't come out about what it is, but I mean, no matter what happened, it's still absolutely horrible. It's it's not great for the organization. It's not great for his family. It's real somber news, and it's just going to be. It's it's rough having to go through that for everyone he knows. Yeah, it's a you know perspective. Uh, the game's been canceled tonight. If you guys are not aware, it's a five game slate now, a four game slate. We all talk to slate, but I mean, it sort of feels uh, you know. Obviously, the most important news today is Skaggs and his family. This tragic, uh, and how this re- reflects on DFS is whatever. It's small, but that this is what we're here to do. This is what we're here to talk about, obviously, but. Uh, and like you said, for the organization, a tragedy struck them before with uh, what Aiden Hart, big prospect about 10 years ago or something like that, got into a car accident. I believe it was a DUI. Uh, somebody hit him. Uh, it wasn't his fault. Um, yeah, so just uh, just terrible news out of Texas today. And, uh, you know, uh, that's – what what's left to say? I, we we can't just sit here and like yeah. I guess I guess we gotta like sort of move on and talk about the slate. But uh, understand the slate is secondary to anything that happened for for Skaggs, obviously. Uh, Grant, we got a four gamer. We got to power through. Uh, all right. I was just gonna ask you how your weekend was. I figured normally you know you have a we're all upbeat. And we have a fun conversation. I guess we can power through and move on. But uh, you know, pretty terrible news here for Tyler Skaggs and his family, and just awful. Uh, four gamer going down tonight. Uh, as far as and obviously this again, secondary doesn't matter. But this is what we're here to do. We're talking DFS. How does this change the slate? We went from uh, ten uh, ten teams to eight teams. Uh, went from a not so appealing slate to an even less appealing slate. But hey, we're playing to that. I suppose you're playing as well. Yeah, I mean, I haven't entered most of my contests, and I might just. I might just take most of it off. Like I'll probably do one lineup per site. It's not a good slate already. This just makes it a sad and not great slate. I mean, it it, it just gives you less bats. I mean, pitching wasn't an option in that game, but uh, there were some bats that you were interested in. But I mean, now it just makes it. This is kind of one of those coin flip slates where pretty much anything can happen in every single team outside of Baltimore and the Giants. Like, any of these teams can put up a whole bunch of points. Any of these pitchers can have a decent game. Like, outside of Hauser, who we're worried about his pitch count, uh, Eshelman, who is just not very good and is facing a tough opponent. Like, you can throw a dart at any pitcher, and you might have made the logical decision. All right, we're going to break it down. We'll talk about every single pitcher because we can, and we have the time, obviously, to do so. Before we uh, fully dig into this slate, we do want to mention – uh, what's going down is, you know, if you rock the RG badge, uh, Grant, you know how that goes down. You can get yourself some free uh, Roto-Grinders premium if you finish in the top 10 of certain contests. Our fabulous multitasking producer, Devin, the D-Train, is going to go ahead and drop that link in chat for you guys to learn more about it. We do have several people that 
that have signed up that have started to rock the uh, the RG badge. And if they do happen to finish the top 10 of certain contests, they will get a free month of RG Premium. Of course, RG Premium, you get the lineup HQ, you get Jesus Million Dollar Musings, uh, you get the expert rankings, you get crunch time with Roth, uh, Ross Weather, that is, and crunch time with an expert there to answer your questions, as many questions as possible, all the way up the lock. Ownership percentage premium, uh, the premium podcast, the expert survey, ownership percentage, slate IQ, much, much more. Um, yeah, so uh, want to give some shout outs to some people that did sign up. Ravenspan929, DS Modi, and ZRG323 uh, recently started rocking the RG badge. Uh, also wanted to mention this grant, uh, the SharpSide app. I know you do some work over there, at least you had. Are you still doing work over there in the SharpSide app? Uh, I do it more on the uh, football end of things, but I occasionally have articles over there. I, I dabble on the app, but it's more football than anything. Yeah, so Fandle's giving away $1,500 uh, as far as a contest this month, the SharpSide app. Uh, it starts today. It runs all the way through the 31st. Whoever ends the 31st with the longest winning streak, uh, it gets a thousand Fanduel dollars. Uh, second, I believe, is three hundred. Third, I believe, is two hundred. And then four through ten gets a month of RG premium. If you guys want to learn more about this, uh, fire up uh, the SharpSide app. There's information all on the SharpSide app. Uh, it's free to play. And uh, again, if you guys have the longest streak, I went to, didn't you? Uh, weren't you once in contention for that grant? I feel like that was once a thing. Is that not possible? Or I don't know about the longest streak, but I think I did have the best record at one point or the most bets made, or both. Um, I don't know. I haven't played a ton lately. But if you win, there'll, there'll be a whole big old conspiracy. Oh, yeah. There was a whole bunch of promos that I won, but I was dis, dis, uh, disqualified. There we go. That's the word. There were a few that I won just because of sheer volume. And it's like, ah, oh, great. Well, I can't take this. Yeah. I, you, don't, you don't think it's worth $1,000 to put your reputation on the line to get like, you know, it's probably not worth it. Your reputation is a little bit more than that. Isn't I don't it? think they'd pay me. I think they just said, no, we're not giving that money to you. <laughs> it's a good call, by the way. <laughs> I can't argue with that. You're just going to use it on fast food and alcohol. We're not giving that to you. We're not supporting that. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I su- well, but, but that, that's, you're going to find a way to get your fast food and alcohol anyways, though, I, su- I suppose. Yeah, begging for it on the street. Can you please get a seven-layer burrito, please, Taco Bell? Uh, seven layers. Too many layers. I don't know. I've never had a seven-layer burrito. I don't like seven items, so I, I can't. At the very you least. You don't like more than two items. <laughs> you don't like yellow cheese. Half the menu is already gone from you at Taco Bell. Taco Bell is amazing, though, because it's just like a math problem. Like, how many different combinations of, like, three, four, and five can you have with, like, six different ingredients? And The answer yeah. is hundreds. Literally yeah. hundreds. <laughs> all right, we've got uh, 50 different ways right now. How do we double it? Let's deep fry all of them. Um, all right. Uh, yes, you're right. I, I talk about like, I get everything. If I, if I have in their gears, but if I'm there, I'm, I'm going to get something plain. I will be like, yeah, just can I, can I just get that just the meat? Like what? Just, just the chicken, just the steak. And I don't want your cheese and or your sour cream or whatever. It's gross. But, uh, all right. Uh, let, let's grant it's a, it's a four game slate. So we got to focus. Uh, we have no time for shenanigans. Um, you know, if you fire up Derek Hardy's the bat, uh, as far as projections, they for pitchers, like the highest projection, I believe is, uh, around 14 or 15 points for fantasy draft or DK. Uh, it, it's safe to say, like, pitching today feels like survive. You know, you just want to survive the slate and you just want to, um, uh, you know, bat, bats are going to win it. How about that? I'm sure you've heard that before, but that feels like today more so than most days. I mean, 
bats are more likely to win it. Um, but there are only eight teams playing. Bats can uh, very easily all these games could not score over five runs. Like it's that simple. Sure. High score could be like one thirty. Multiple pitchers can put up twenty five to thirty five points. Uh, it's still possible, but it's less likely than normal. But four game slate, anything can happen. Uh, taking a peek as far as the K prop, uh, have you seen uh, a lineup HQ today? The biggest K prop, you know, you know, what, what would you guess it is? Because it's an interesting name because it's the biggest K prop. Also, is the guy that probably is one of the most likely we're going to be picking on with our bats. Is it Shark? It's not Shark. He's at four point five K. It's yeah, Jeff Samarja. Um, no, it's uh, Tyler Bale, who's uh, you know distinctly two different pitchers. If you look at his numbers versus lefties versus righties, and you know, we haven't shown, we talk about it all the time here. We do the pregame peak. We have not shown the plate IQ in a while. And that's absolutely one of my favorite tools here at RG. And uh, well, maybe we'll show You're later. one of my favorite tools here at RG. Well, what do you, well, come on, what are you saying? Oh, I called you a tool. <laughs> <laughs> so Tyler Valle, we could just do it for this year, for last year, the extended numbers out. Uh, he just gets absolutely annihilated, absolutely pummels versus left-handers. Uh, this year, a little bit better. These numbers are a little bit better than last year. As far as a 382 Woba, a 282 ISO, that's better than it was last year versus lefties only striking out uh, 18%. But against righties this year, 29.2% uh, as far as the Ks. The Woba is really strong at 275. The ISO is actually at 107. Um, so I, I guess it's a matter of like, let's count the lefties and count the righties in that Milwaukee lineup. And, you know, pretty standard in their gamble, of course, cracks it. There's no more Travis Shaw. A little salad is in there. Tyler Saladino, a righty bat in ninth. Uh, I think Molly is interesting, you know, from both perspectives to roster him and also to pick on him. Uh, I don't know why we're starting at Tyler Molly, but that's what we're starting. What's your take? Yeah. I mean, we've seen his numbers. We have a big enough sample size. It's real simple. He's bad versus lefties. And there are few good, as good teams that has as many lefties. Those are words as the Brewers do. I mean, they've got Grandal, Yelich, Moustakis, all those guys are all-stars. And then Thames and Gamble are both lefties. They'll at least decrease his strikeout upside. What we look for in DFS is upside. Um, and he's been just not going up against enough varieties. The price is fair, though, is a thing. And in comparison to the rest of the slate, everyone else is trash. Um, so are we really going to go with Samarja going up against a Padres team with the same implied team total uh, compared to uh, Male going up against the Brewers? There is more strikeout upside just because Male does have good stuff. But he could easily get give up five, six home runs here and get just absolutely pummeled, but I don't think there's a single person on the slate we can say that we can't say that about. Yeah, safety is not a word that we can use when it comes to pitchers, right? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, safety is a thing. It's just relative safety. We're not talking safety as in basketball. We're not talking safety as in football. Safety in base baseball is much more volatile. So safe is like, all right, he has a 50% chance of getting at least 15 points instead of an 80% chance of getting 15 points. So you mentioned Samarja, and he's kind of sort of interesting, right? Because he's facing the fathers, the Padres strike out a ton. They also have plenty of power, too. Uh, the tricky part with Samarja is, you know, he's lost the velocity over the years. His K rate, his K rate this year is, you know, is poor, less than 20%. If you split it up on lefties versus righties, it's basically the same. Uh, allowing more power to righties this year. Uh, I'm sorry, less power to righties this year at 307. Uh, as far as the Woba, as far as the ISO 164. And he's going to see a pile of righties on San Diego that have a ton of power. They also strike out a fair bit. Uh, we don't have a lineup there just yet, but it's projected to be, what, 24.3% as far as striking out first right righties this year. That's at a Hosmer and Machado. 
and Kinsler, even those guys, not like <clears throat> an incredibly low number, but there are a lot of caves in there. Tatis, great young prospect, but he strikes out a fair bit. Uh, Renfro as well. Reyes, Mejia. So what do we do with Jeff Samarja, who's like, you know, nobody, and he's also going to be chalky, uh, especially with the cancellation of one game, you know, you know, only, now we got a roster of 25% of these starting pitchers. Well, depending on what you call Tampa, as far as Yarborough, he's going to be coming in as a long reliever, at least that's what he's projected to be. Uh, so is going to be very popular. <laughs> what do you do with this dude? Yeah, I think the problem is that he's going to be popular. Before he was popular, I was ready to go kind of just all in on him. Uh, he's going up against the Padres. In the re- last month, he's walked a whole lot less, guys. He walks righties less than he walks lefties, which the majority of this lineup is righties. There's only Mia and Hosmer that are in the lineup that are lefties. No one in this lineup walks at a high clip. This is going to come down entirely to Babbitt and strikeouts. There's 24% strikeout rate in this lineup, plus the pitcher. And there is a giant hard hit rate all the way up and down until we get to the bottom part of the lineup. Honestly, I still might go all in on him. Um, I'm probably not playing many lines, but he is a guy that, like, he has a 307 Woba, a 164 ISO versus righty so far this year. The ballpark is a downgrade, but it's still a good pitcher's ballpark. So I, I just, like, who else am I going to go with? Like, it's him or Male. Logan Allen is going to be chalk and just fade him entirely. Is he going to be chalk, though? I don't, I don't know. It's, again, I think a lot of these guys, are, it's all relative. It's a four-game slate. you got to roster 25% of these guys. And I think depending – I think Yarbrough is going to be fairly popular. We'll talk about it in a second. But well, what's your take as far as Logan Allen? He's, you know, one of the better prospects in that San Diego organization. Last I saw, he was like six or seven. Uh, and it's a loaded prospect list for the Padres. They have one of the, the best uh, farm systems in all of baseball. Around 70 or so in the big board as far as the top 100. So he's, he's not a nobody uh, so far. You know, nothing spectacular as far as the K rate, but he's gone deep in the games, uh, which is nice to see for, you know, a prospect. I don't think he's thrown a ton. It's just sort of he's been efficient. Uh, been lucky from a left on base percentage. He hasn't given up a homer just yet. And obviously the ERA reflects that, 138 as opposed to Sierra, which is 426. And the expert is 371. So he's been lucky in a small sample, I suppose you could argue. But the, the counter argument to that is the Giants are terrible. Uh, like who's going to get to him? I guess somebody can. They're professional hitters, obviously, but uh, he should be, you know, from a projection standpoint, one of the better guys, although he is one of the pricier people too. And I don't know how much you need to prioritize that. Uh, So it's real simple. Strikeout upside is not really there. Guy has a 20% K rate so far in the majors. And that's just because the ball's being, he's like being really efficient too, which is super weird. Uh, he's only going 90 pitches, but he'll go seven, eight innings, and he'll still give up nine hits. So it's going to be first pitch, ball put in play. I don't know exactly how good he is or how efficient he can be or how late he can go into any game. He's going up against the Giants team versus lefties. There's three guys with double-digit walk uh, numbers. So that's not going to help him. One of the guys that doesn't walk at double digits is Posey, who also only strikes out at an 8 points or a 7.8% clip. And Pilar, Pilar, oh gosh, only strikes out a 10% clip. This is not a high strikeout lineup. This is a huge walk lineup. He's not going to be efficient. They're going to work the count here. I'm honestly just playing on fading him entirely. Like, you can go with him in cash. That's fine. Like, the 3.7 implied team total makes that seem like it's probably the right move. But there's not a whole lot of Ks outside of Tyler Austin. 
anything can happen here. Allen may be a good prospect, but there's no reason to use him as chalk on this slate. I don't care how many cheap guys you can find into your lineup to get him in there. It's just not worth it. Just pay down at pitcher because they're going to be lower owned and they're just as likely to have a positive outcome almost. His AAA numbers, by for what it's worth, uh, 24.5% as far as the K rate, 8.6% as far as the walk rate. So not elite numbers for AAA as far as strikeouts, but, and like you said, small sample, 20% so far in the majors. And this San Fran team, not good, but also not a team that strikes out a ton outside of Austin. Uh, you know, Scrimsey, if he's in there too, he strikes out a good bit. And I'm not really sure what we're going to get as far as their lineup, but that's, you know, the projected lineup, that's where we're at as far as 20.5%. So the tricky one is Yarborough, right? He's uh, projected to be the long man there for Tampa with, uh, you know, Stanek once again opening up. And so Yarborough can go three innings. He can go five or six. Uh, it is worth noting the game. So we always talk about it. I always talk about it. I like the fact that the guy's coming in, you know, in the middle of the second inning or so because it heightens his chance of getting the W. And also, like, you know, presumably you're facing a good lineup. One, two, three, four are already done or whatever it may be. You come in the middle of the second or something like that you flip the lineup and all of a sudden the sixth guy is like the first guy for you. But uh, I'm not sure if you've dug in this and I don't really know exactly why, maybe it's small sample stuff or uh, variants, but for whatever reason, when Yarbrough actually starts the game, he tends to go a lot longer in the game. When he comes in as like the long man, he goes much shorter. That's just been the way it has been. Now it doesn't mean it's automatically going to go that way, but, and also he's pitching on a short rest too. He's only getting three days. I think he pitched on, uh, I want to say the Thursday he pitched. Uh, he pitched the 27th, right? So 28, 29, 30. So only three days in the middle as opposed to four. But he is really cheap and he's facing Baltimore. So like that's kind of the delicate balance. And he, th those four points for the W are precious. And Tampa's got, it is a huge number for the Rays. Is it not as far as their just like win, their win probability? Have you seen that? Yeah, it is. And it's because Baltimore is not very good. It's a pitcher that wasn't projected to be very good, making his first start against a very patient, very well-prepared team with a lot of power, plus the Baltimore bullpen is absolutely atrocious. And the weird thing is they're all super cheap. I don't entirely understand it, but, uh, yeah, like they, they should rake today. Like this is a perfect matchup outside of the ballpark. You know, Ryan Yarbrough has never been a minus-270 favorite. I'm going to go on record and say that. I know he's not starting the game. It's, it, it, it's, it's Stanek. Uh, but the combination of those two, minus 270, you know, they're, they're facing a terrible Baltimore team. And uh, Eshelman, a quote-unquote prospect, he's not. He's not 19 anymore. He's actually 25. Uh, I believe he was a second-round pick at one point. But uh, he's not good. Baltimore just has no arms. Uh, and, 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 you know, Tampa at home in that ballpark, uh, obviously pitcher-friendly, has a team total close to six. Uh, Vegas just thinks that they're going to shellac this Eshelman. And like you said, spoiler alert, whoever relieves Eshelman is not very good either. That bullpen is not strong. So uh, we, we'll talk about the sticks and enough, on obviously, but uh, Tampa seems like a really, and the, you know, there's no way of hiding. There's no like sneaky stack or whatever. <laughs> but Baltimore's uh, the sneaky stack, and that's just because they're the only one people aren't going to play. Baltimore and the Giants are sneaky stacks just because they're going to have the lowest ownership by about five to ten percent. So, okay, but how many how many lineups do you have to make? I mean, if you're making one, two, or three, you're not doing that. How many lineups do you have to make when you say screw it? So let's just bet on variance. Let, let's bet on goofiness. And let's make a Baltimore or San Fran stack. This baseball, literally anything can happen. Like, I've, it wouldn't surprise me too much if a Baltimore Giants double stack won the won a GPP. Really? That wouldn't surprise you? 
Yeah, people just some people go for the two lows on stack, stack them together almost every single night. And I mean, this is baseball. Anything can happen. A lot of these pitchers aren't terrible. Logan Allen is not terrible. Samarja is not terrible. Malay is not terrible. Hauser and the Milwaukee bullpen are not terrible. Williams is not a bad pitcher. The guy for Chicago is not a bad pitcher. Yarbrough is not a bad pitcher. Stanks not a bad pitcher. The only bad pitcher, which we don't even know yet, is the guy for Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, like he's not shown uh, up in the minors, and I wouldn't suspect he's all of a sudden going to be good. I mean, anything can happen, like we always say, in small small samples. You you can get absolutely you know pummeled, but still survive just because uh, you know Babbitt goes in your favor. Uh, and that kind of leads us to uh, Advert Alzale, who's taking on Pittsburgh. You, you know what Advert Alzale? You know what his Babbitt is this year so far? One hundred. It's zero. <laughs> he's given up two hits, two homers. And, of course, by definition, uh, homers are not in play. So his batting average of balls in play, zero. Uh, yeah, so he's got an ERA of 208. It's a small sample, eight innings and change. Uh, and he had big K numbers in the minors for what it's worth, 26.5% in the majors. Of course, he's facing a Pittsburgh team that does not strike out a ton uh, collectively. Uh, you know, no gungs in there. There's some case for that, I suppose. Uh, and I don't know how deep Owsley is going to go either. He's not showing a propensity to go particularly deep in games. Uh, the first game he didn't start for what it's worth. He was kind of the long man. Um, you know, he's got to be something we at least talk about because he does have, you know, K potential. And, you know, there's only eight pitchers. We have to mention them. Yeah. Well, what makes you think he's not a good play? Well, because Pittsburgh doesn't strike out a lot. That's basically it. I and, mean, and, and he's not, he doesn't go deep in the game. So he hasn't shown that propensity just yet. I mean, he'll go 90. There's not many guys that, like, you're, you're talking about on average state slate on this slate there's not a whole lot of guys that go deep in the game smarja hasn't made it out of the fifth inning yarbrough might only go three hauser is on a pitch count molle can get beat up he's the one guy that could potentially go late in the game allen is limited to 90 pitches williams is just coming off the il two starts ago it, it, no no one has <laughs> literally not a single person now that minor is off the slate yeah, so Owsley didn't go deep in his last game, but he did throw 87 pitches for it for So he jumped from 55 to 87. So uh, in theory, I suppose he can go six if he's r- relatively efficient. Uh, if we fire up the old plate IQ here as far as uh, Owsley versus collection of Pittsburgh hitters, uh, you know, from a K perspective, we're talking about 18.5%. Uh, that's not a lot of strikeouts. Frazier leading off at 11.6%. We did mention Young O'Gung strikes out a fair bit at 23% and change as well as Colin Moran. But besides that, it's a contact-heavy lineup. Uh, they walk at 8.5% as far as their walk rate. Now, Azalea has shown uh, uh, difficulties as far as throwing strikes, 17.6% walk rate so far. Again, super small samples. Uh, where is Azalea in the conversation of your, of your tournament pitchers? It sounds like you're on them. And, you know, I'll definitely have an Azalea share because, like, it's sort of throwing darts. I mean, he's going to come in at 50% of the ownership of Yarba and could potentially double his innings and triple his points with a strikeout upside. Um, as of right now, he's my favorite option. Uh, he's going to be one of the lowest owned guys on the entire slate, and he realistically has the highest upside. And I'm not even sure if it's close. Like, who else has even remote his high upside? If he's dealing, he's going to be striking out eight guys going six innings and i don't think anyone outside of molly has a chance to do that uh i don't care if the pirate by the way we're saying logan that allen. i think logan allen how name one part of their stuff that's different 
Well, he can go seven innings, and he's got you know as far as the ballpark, uh, he's got better control than we've than we've seen out of uh, Azale for what it's worth. Um, you know, and just that Giants lineup from a rubber benching perspective, and we've seen him go like seven innings. I believe he was super efficient when he did it. I don't think he threw a ton he of also went seven innings. I think when he gave up nine hits and only pitched ninety pitches, and he still walked some guys. It doesn't really make sense what he's doing. Um, so I. Like everyone's got like just looking at the game logs. Oh, this is what it is. This is how it should be. This is what type of pitcher he is. But yeah, look at the last game, six innings, eight hits, two walks. He had 10 base runners and went six innings with only 90 pitches. That's not normal. That shouldn't happen. Teams weren't um, patient. They just said like the first pitch you see hit swing at it basically. Yeah. It was against Baltimore and the Milwaukee one's a little bit more interesting where he went seven innings, but like that one, he still, he only struck out five guys. And he gave up three hits. Like, Babbitt is just landing on his side in that start. And against Baltimore, they just aren't patient. This is a bit of a different team. This is a lot more patient of the team. I'm just talking myself more and more onto just full-on fading Yarbrough and Allen and playing a lot. I'm a little bit concerned that Yarbrough is just not going to go as deep as you want him to go. I'm a little bit concerned about that. And I might have less in the field because of it. But, you know, certainly he feels like he's well positioned for that win if he comes in like in the middle of the second or something like that and goes to the fifth maybe the sixth and like it's possible he goes to the sixth or the seventh but we've seen him pitching well uh and come out as the long man and only pitch three innings and again he's on short rest uh because they had that 18 inning game uh you know on thursday i believe he came in uh as far as the potential upside you know sabarja he's he's been you know with six days last time out five before that five before that five before that six before that um and, you know, it's possible he gets seven or eight Ks against a San Diego team. Now, I don't expect a clean sheet. Uh, the, I think San Diego gets there, but they probably hit a homer off him because, you know, uh, it's a big power lineup that strikes out a ton. But I think Samarja has that upside. But, again, who wants to play, you know, Samarja when he's super chalky? It's a negative ballpark shift, and that's because anything out of San Francisco is a negative ballpark shift. Um, anything, oh, I, I, I suppose we should mention, you know, Williams for Pittsburgh and – you know, Trevor Williams is the classic, like, you don't really look to pick on him. You don't really look to roster because he has no upside. Uh, not a big split. Nice ballpark he pitches in. Uh, not going to win the slate for you, but maybe he just, like, puts up 12 points, which is perfectly fine, <laughs> I guess. You don't get enthused. That could be the top score of the night. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, you know, he's just okay. Like you said, coming back from the IL, uh, he hasn't walked anybody in, in his two starts back. Uh, he's given up four homers, which is not good. Um, yeah, I mean, he's just the middle of the road, just sort of run-of-the-mill pitcher kind of week, somebody we ignore all the time. But, you know, he's on this slate and he's throwing baseball, so we should at least acknowledge his existence, right? I mean, yeah, anyone can do anything. It's not really a great spot for him. He struggled versus lefties. There's three lefties in the lineup, one of which – or four lefties in the lineup, which one of which is uh, – a guy that doesn't strike out much at all. So yeah, he's in plays just as much in play as everyone else, but he's getting the same ownership as guys like shark Allen and way more than Molly is. Uh, it looks like right now he's slightly more expensive than most of those guys. I don't see the need to go with him strictly because it's not an easy matchup. He may have a decent ballpark, but there are two decent, there are three decent ballparks on this slate. And then there's Cincinnati which is super weird how high the totals are considering the ballparks. There's just no reason to go with Williams other than if he was going to be low owned, then yes, I'd go with him, but that would be the only reason. 
Yeah, well, the Cincinnati-Milwaukee game is two of the better bullpens in baseball, so I think that's kind of sort of factored in. All of the total was 10. You mentioned Howard's or Hauser. Uh, not expected to go uh, particularly deep, so um, that like kind of subdues Cincinnati to me when we start talking about the hitters because, uh, as a general, you know, generally speaking, Milwaukee's got a pretty good pen and probably a pretty good, good arm coming out. Now, of course, if Cincinnati's up like seven nothing in the third inning, you know, you're not going to see the best of the arms out of a uh, out of Milwaukee. Um, summarize the pitchers. Uh, how are we attacking the slate as far as the arms? Because, you know, uh, I, I, again, we we think that the most likely. Like you said, it's possible we have four really quiet games that are basically five four, and if one pitcher you know rises above, above the rest, that could be enough if you get him with a couple homers. But uh, give me your summary as far as uh, pitching tonight. This is trash. Everything's trash. All pitchers are trash. Pick the least trashy and the least ownership. It's going to be out as Alzale uh, for me is my top option, followed by probably Samarja and Male, and those are. The only three guys I really want to use. I mean, honestly, you know who could surprisingly be one of the highest scoring pitchers on the slate? Male? No, Stanek. <laughs> yeah, I looked at him too. I thought about it. Yeah, but I, I just, the thing with Stanek is, I don't know how, what we do with that leftover salary. You just. I, I mean, I, I guess you can just load up on, you know, the big Milwaukee bats and you load up on Tampa or something like that. Obviously, like Trout's off the board. Um yeah, like Stanek's pretty good, but how deep is he going to go? Like he might, you know, strike out two or three guys in the first inning and just be done. What will we? Yeah, what will we take from Stanek? What would a good score be? Eight. Yeah, he could get that in the first inning. He's gotten that in the first inning many times. He can. <laughs> it's not. It's not nuts. It's not. And, it'll, and the other part of it, of course, it gives you a different build automatically. Yeah, uh, you can play chalk guys with Stanek. Like, oh, I'm not going to play chalk Milwaukee, or I'm not going to play this chalk player. Well, if you play Stanek. That, that shuffles your lineup automatically right there. So, honestly, I'm going to play some Stanek. Gosh, this is a this is a horrible slate. This is a weird slate. Nothing makes sense anymore in life. He pitched two innings on a, on the 27th. Before that, he pitched in the 23rd, one inning, um, and I believe he pitched in that game that went 18 innings right at Minnesota. I'm fairly certain that was the same game. Yeah, uh, basically everybody in Tampa's pen uh, pitched that game through 40 pitches, but. Yeah, if he goes like one and two thirds, it's it's not a it's not nuts the roster static at all. I, I'm with you. Well, this is great. This is this is this is the worst slate I think I've ever seen in my life. We got Big T in the chat saying, "Please don't play static." LOL. Big T, don't tell me what to do. I'm an adult. Yeah, that, that's we're we're kind of queuing you up for that one. Um, all right, uh, so let's talk about the hitters on this four game slate. Uh, give me a hitter or two that you are considering for your core place you're building around. I mean, Choi is super cheap at 3700 Um, It's just that simple. It's a price play. He's one of the top options. Honestly, a lot of these Tampa Bay bats, when you consider their implied team total, the matchup versus the a guy making his first start, the platoon split, the bad Baltimore bullpen, a lot of them are just too cheap. I mean, Meadows, 4600 too cheap. Garcia, 4200 too cheap. Diaz, 4,300, too cheap. Lau, 4,300, too cheap. But my core is going to be probably Milwaukee lefties. Um, they're the only one in a decent ballpark. I'd probably go, my core bats are going to be Grandal, Choi, Scooter, Meadows, and Yelich. Like, those are the core bats there. Almost all of them have the platoon split. Uh, multiple of them are in a good ballpark, or they're all underpriced. It's, it's Those are the bats you go with. I haven't created a whole lot of lineups 
since the LA news or I haven't created any. Um, so I don't know exactly how things are going to play out, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting little slate. Yeah. So let's move the catcher. Let's go around the horn. Normally we just say, let's get the cheapest catcher, uh, get in and out as a, you know, quick as possible, save some salary and delegate the funds elsewhere. But again, you know, such a short slate and such a good spot, Grandall on the road leading up, uh, you know, feeling like a, like a really strong play, most likely getting those five ABs if things go fairly well, leading off against Tyler Molly, his well-documented document, issues against against lefties. Uh, Grandall, a switch hitter, historically much better from the left side as opposed to the right side. So uh, I'm finding the funds, you know, I'm going to make Grandall happen. He just, as far as, you know, catchers, no matter what his position is, he feels like one of the stronger bats, like you mentioned. And uh, Grandall feels like a really, really good play. Give me the pivots away from Grandall. We got Buster Posey versus the lefty. I know Big T in the chat's got to be excited about that. Uh, who else are you considering if we're not playing Grandall? Riding on my stack. There's no reason to play anyone else. I mean, Severino's not great. He's priced up a little bit more than he should, considering Stanek and Yarbar are going to be pitching against him. Cantini, I mean, he has platoon split, but he's not very good. Sally is probably the other guy that you go with. Um, honestly, this is just trash. Posey's the only reasonable guy to go with outside of Grandall just to save money, but you don't really need money on the slate. The only reason you play Posey if you're, is if you're playing Allen, which I don't think you do. Yeah, so my natural pivot away from Grandall was Contreras, but like you said, uh, Caratini's drawing the start and not Contreras, and it's hard to get excited by Caratini. Any of these guys that want a bat, surely they can bang one out. Um, you know, Caratini will start from the left side. You know, the Pittsburgh ballpark is not uh, – well, it's, it's a little bit more friendly for lefties for what it's worth, but still not this great ballpark to hit in. Uh, I think my favorite pivot is, you know, just if we're just shooting for the cheap homer, Danino versus Eshelman and company. Uh, he is cheap. He's batting ninth, but like, you know, okay, maybe he runs into his homer in the second or third inning as opposed to the first, but then buried in the lineup. Um, let's let's pivot to first base. Uh, who jumps out for you as far as first base? I know you mentioned Choi. Is he your fair play because of salary or is this your favorite play? It's salary. Um, it's salary and matchup. Like 3700 for a guy is way too cheap going pretty much any first baseman with some power going up against Baltimore. Uh, but him, he's actually a good hitter. He's got the platoon split. He's probably a top option there. I don't mind Dietrich uh, at 4,500. Not going to draw a lot of ownership. Going up against a good bullpen and a decent starter, but uh, he's got some power. Like, you're just looking for the good spots or good ballparks, and it's pretty much just Milwaukee or it's Tampa Bay for the price. I don't really have any reason to play really anyone else. Um, I want a home run. I mean, I guess one of the better – not contrarian leverage plays is going to be playing Tyler Austin who just mashes lefties and he's not going to get much ownership at all. He's super cheap. He's in a bad ballpark, but if he actually puts the ball into play, he could very easily take it out of the yard. It's a better ballpark for righty power than lefty power. If that's the point you want to make as far as Austin versus Allen. Uh, just want to say chat, you guys are being really irresponsible speculating as far as skags. Can we just wait for news to come out? I mean, uh, no one ever wants to wait for news, but it's, it's, it's it's the respectful thing to do. Yeah, I mean, or just even throwing out possible scenarios. It's just, come on, stop it. Uh, let's try to be adults about this. Awful news for Skaggs and his family. Uh, other first basemen that are worth talking about, uh, you know, Pua, oh gosh, Pua, I, I still have the game up here as far as the Angels. Yeah. Don't play Pujols. Um, you, you mentioned Choi. What about Yeti Diaz? Like, he's, a, he's first base eligible. Yeah, another guy. Like, literally all the Tampa Bay guys are in play because of the matchup and because of their prices. They're all way too darn cheap. And 
I can't make an argument against any of them with any power. Yeah, both the first base in that Pittsburgh game, Bell and Rizzo. Bell, especially, a little more expensive than Rizzo. But, you know, it's not that hard to find the funds today. So, uh, uh, I mean, you could definitely play those guys in tournaments. I mean, you just don't, there's no reason to discourage that if you're MME. Like, definitely don't X uh, Bell out or even Rizzo against Williams. Uh, Keystone position, second base. Who's jumping out for you? I mean, Scooter's not in a bad spot. Mustakas, both those guys are in good ballparks. Dietrich, all those guys can easily hit one out of the park. They're in the best hitting ballpark of the night. Lau, again, underpriced. It's the same thing for all these. Like Milwaukee, Cincinnati, and Tampa Bay are where you're most likely going to get your bombs from. Uh, the lefties in Milwaukee, anyone with power over in Cincinnati, and anyone in the entire lineup for Tampa Bay. I mean, if you want to pivot, there's really not a great one. You can pay all the way down with Kinsler, knowing that he still has the possibility of getting a bomb. He's only 3,300. Not a lot of people are going to go with him. But it's Lau, it's Moustakis, and it's Dietrich as a tournament pivot. Yeah, uh, obviously it depends where you're shopping as far as a lineup. Like fantasy draft, you can roster Lau and Moustakis pretty easily, even even Gannett as well, because basically infielders, outfielders, uh, and utility spots. On DK, you can shuffle Moustakis to third. Uh, and I, I love Moustakas, you know, spoiler alert. Yeah, we like the lefties versus Tyler Male uh, in a ballpark that, you know, is positive for homers. But Brandon Lau, you know, not a great ballpark, but we know he absolutely shellacks right. He's plenty of power, too. And we, you know, Vegas is telling us that Eshelman, and the numbers tell us Eshelman's not very good. And we also know that bullpen's not very good. And, you know, Tampa definitely has, uh, I think they have the highest team total on the board, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, by, by, by a good margin, actually. Uh, so for sure, you, you, as far as the cash game, like I'm not playing cash games today. I don't know if you are or not. Uh, you like Moose or Lau? Uh, probably Lau. Looks like there's an extreme hitters umpire there. And like the price is just cheaper. I mean, if I can fit Moose in, I'd rather have him. But uh, like it's it's going to be a little bit tougher to get Lau in there in cash. We'll show that in the screen share later as far as the umpire data. I believe most of it's kind of sprinkled on through. Um, and as far as, you know, Keston Hira obviously called up for, for Tyler, uh, for, for Travis Shaw, uh, we want lefties as opposed to righties against Tyler Male. But if you're stacking at Milwaukee, I think you can play Hira for sure. Uh, I don't necessarily like him as a one-off. Is that sort of your strategy as well? Like, don't play a righty at Milwaukee unless you're talking about a stack. I mean, it's a decent deep field t- GPP play. He's still going to have some ownership, though. So, I mean, enough people are going to be stacking him up and throwing him in because – he's just in that range like it's him or scooter in that range and those are the only two viable options so he's going to draw some ownership but it's an eight game slate you can do anything you want why why scooter over dietrich is it salary or you just prefer him uh you think he's a better play it's salary um he's 3900 he's bad has a better spot in the order i'm fine with either of them but it's mostly the price savings yeah, third base, we already talked about Mustakis. Uh, Eugenio Suarez is still fairly cheap. You prefer him versus lefties, but certainly in play. Uh, I talked about liking Yanni Diaz, who, you know, not, not too long off the DL. Uh, he's been playing pretty well uh, the first couple of games out the gate. Machado is quote-unquote hot, if that's a thing, if you believe that. And also, uh, if you're team DVP, Machado in a small sample has shellacked the Shark. Uh, he seems like, I mean, uh, of the spend-ups in this slate, Machado seems like one of the guys might be lower-owned. Uh, and that will be all relative based on the slate, based on it being a four gamer. Uh, where are you at as far as third base? I mean, it's Moose again. If you just go with someone else at second base, uh, Machado, like I don't mind using any of these big power bats. Shark still gives up a whole bunch of hard contact and fly balls to righties. So any one of these guys can take him yard. I don't mind going with Fran Mill, 
going with Tatis, going with Machado as one-offs, but realistically, um, it's Moustakas is by far the best play. Suarez, price is fine. Again, good ballpark. Not a great matchup, but no one really has that great of a matchup. Diaz is too cheap. Bryant's going to go a bit lower owned than the other guys, and he's fine. But it's Moustakas is the best play. It's that simple. Yeah, uh, I haven't checked the ownership just yet. Maybe I'll show that again on the, on the, on the screen share. And, of course, they're, I'm sure they're adjusting ownership on the fly with the cancellation of one of these games. And, you know, uh, it's fluid. And, obviously, uh, the closer we get to lock, the more accurate those ownership projections will be. Uh, shortstop is the worst today. I wish there was somebody I liked. Uh, who do you dislike the least? Or do you actually like somebody at shortstop? Tatis mashes going up against a guy that – Gives him a whole lot of hard contact. He's not going to go heavily owned because he's 5.7K. Outside of him, I mean, we mentioned Machado. Like, this yeah. is shortstops where I'm probably using one offense, probably going to be from a San Diego guy. Outside of them, I mean, Iglesias is cheap enough. He's not great, but oh well. Adamas is a guy that I really like for GPPs. He's not going to go heavily owned, and he's a much better hitter than people realize. He can hit the ball out of the ballpark, but shortstop's trash round out your stack or go with Adamas if you need someone cheap Tatis if you need someone if you have some money yes for some reason I was thinking Fandle man I think Machado's not shortstop eligible I do like Machado versus Samar to some degree and I agree on Tatis uh you know it's one of those embracing the overprice and you know Tatis just seems he's a good player for sure but he seems like he's just uh, a little bit too expensive that said it's not that hard to find the funds and make it happen as far as Tatis uh, or even like a San Diego stack could be good times because like we already talked about, Samarjo, we expect to be fairly uh, fairly heavily owned. And just as like a general rule of thumb, I know people don't do this, but let's just throw it out there, Grant. Like today's the day that it's almost uh, advisable that you could roster a hitter versus one of your pitchers, correct? Yeah, you can do that any day. Well, yeah, but more days than, yeah. I mean, on a 15 gamer, you don't necessarily seek it out, but I guess what I'm You could realistically take a three man stack against San Diego versus. Uh, Samarja, or you could take a th- three power lefties versus Molly. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Uh, roster Yelich, Grandal, and Moose, and then roster Molly, and that might be like a winning lineup. You know, they're all not going to hit homers. And if they do, well, you know, that's still kind of sort of good, I guess, if every other pitcher thinks. Uh, and oh, geez, I want to keep mixing players in that game. Uh, anything else as far as short? Uh, shall we jump to the outfield? Let's jump to the outfield. Uh, so well now it's Yelich, right? It's Yelich's world. Yeah, it's definitely Yelich's world. He's the top play on the slate. He's good. He's going up against guy with extreme platoon splits. So Yelich is the guy. Outside of them, I'm looking for power bats. I mean, all the Tampa Bay guys are in play. They're all too cheap, very clearly. Um, one-offs for power, two of the best guys to go to are going to be Renfro or Reyes. Either one of them can hit a bomb. I think both of them were at, set at about plus 340 uh, by Vegas. So I don't mind any of them. Like I said, Garcia, Meadows, both in play. Schwarber is a little bit too cheap, has a platoon split. Williams is bad versus lefties. Can't play Upton now. Um, Yeah, not having the Angels change the outfield quite a bit on this slate. But, I think uh, you're, you're talking about the home run props, and I, I think we have that in, in Light Up HQ. I'm curious if there are any sort of that. Do we? Yeah, I've noticed that they've been in there. So, uh, and uh, Yelich is plus 300 for what it's worth. Wait a second. He's plus 300. Is that right? I, yeah. Wait, why is BR plus 235? Am I reading the right? Uh, uh, I'm sorry. That's a stolen base prop. <laughs> I'm like, no, oh, there's the. Yeah, now I see it. 
I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Why, why is VR lower than, yeah. Um, who's the lowest guy as far as the home run prop? Is it Yelich? I'm pretty sure it's Yelich. Yeah. Plus 185. He's in the home run derby. Are you excited? Do you care about that? I'm excited. You know who's second and third? Renfro and Reyes. As far as tonight, you mean? Yep, home run props. Well, I mean, Renfro, if you do like last 365 days, uh, I think Renfro has the most homers in all of baseball. Spoiler yeah. alert. And Reyes, I think, has the most homers per at-bat right now. He's got the most homers in the last, like, four days, probably. Yeah, I think he said, didn't he have, like, two games with the double dongs? I believe that went down. Yeah, I don't know. And they got robbed once in Baltimore, too, which uh, that was not that was not. Yeah, one day I played 100% of them. <laughs> I think we all had him that night, to be fair. Though. I think everybody had him. Uh, yeah, was, that's true, but not everyone had him with five other San Diego bats. Uh, Cheese did, and he won $100,000. Yeah, I don't think he had – did he have a raise in that lineup? I think he did. I'm pretty yeah, sure he that did. That guy's just better than me. Well, yeah, just got to yield and step down. You know, they, they call it the million-dollar music. It's not ironically titled. The dude's won a million dollars two different times. So, yeah, 100K, I don't think he got out of bed, but whatever. I guess it's nice, but uh, good for him. He doesn't have to get out of bed. He can play in Alabama now. You're right, yeah. Yeah, that's good for uh, – there you go. Yeah, he, he no longer has to take his, uh, his like, weekly – or not weekly, his daily – trips to uh, the coffee shop that coffee shop by the way uh sell that stock because you know he was probably pumping more money in that place than anybody else all right uh i, don't, I wonder if he wrote his musings there you think he would just kind of set up shop like starbucks style and just i don't know maybe or just sign up for his contest and leave and get like a, a muffin yeah <laughs> dynamite dropping grant <laughs> i don't know it generally yeah. takes a little while to make some lineups but what do you all do all right uh give me give me your favorite stacks and give me three dudes that are gonna homework we're gonna do some screen share we're gonna, they're gonna have some questions from the chat uh and uh, step aside about 15 minutes or so make way for crunch time it's not cheese today he's on there some days it's uh tuttle mr tuttle america's favorite uh driving instructor uh and substitute teacher uh he's gonna be there with kevin roth of course uh roth will knock in any weather that's kind of lurking out there uh favorite stacks on this eight gamer and give me three guys that are going yard Rays, Brewers, Reds, three favorite stacks. Padres' favorite mini two three-man stack. Um, three guys that are going to go yard. Willie Adamas. Ooh. Yeah, going a little bit ballsy there. Fran Mill Reyes. And Tyler Austin. I just went ballsy. I just went super ballsy for that. All right, fair enough. Uh, I wanted to show on the old plate IQ. We talked about it before, and we always talk about the plate IQ. We don't talk about it enough in there. There was bullpen data. There's stolen base data. And of course, it's has the lineup and the uh, anything you want as far as individual matchups, and you can get just individual players as far as the breakdown of the hot map and all that. But I wanted to show what we we're talking about as far as Male. Uh, feel free to play along at home, Grant. I'm not sure if you have the old foot IQ uh, up on your end, but uh, yeah, green is good, red is bad. It's it's dummy proof for idiots like us. Um, but yeah, look look at Male versus lefties this year as opposed to righties. Um, you know, he's only striking at 18.3%. That's red. That's bad. Uh, as far as righties, 29.2%. Uh, you know, the ISO, the ISO that power is 282 versus lefties, 107 versus righties, distinctly different. You know, the WOBA, the weighted obvious average is 382 for lefties, 275 for righties. It's, it's two distinctly different pitchers. You can also stretch this out to the last two seasons if you prefer. Uh, you can do it like so. And then we always kind of quote the, uh, you know, this is the actual lineup. You know, like people look at that on, you know, I used to look at the stuff on fan graphs and I'd be like, oh, what is the, what is this team against lefties? What is this team against righties? And sometimes you can do it by active roster. 
but this is more specific, Grant. This this is about tonight. All we care about is tonight. We don't care about tomorrow or yesterday or how they are collectively. Um, so just understanding, uh, you know, the K percentage of a very specific lineup, the walk percentage of a very specific lineup, how much power they have. This stuff is uh, it's important to me. I assume it's important to you as well. Yeah. Analysis. <laughs> Are you just trolling me now? What is going on? I'm thinking about it. <laughs> are, you just, are you just like holling out? You're not saying anymore. Anymore? Is it hurt to say words right now? Like, no, I mean, no. honestly, you keep just rambling on, and I get bored. Well, I mean, look, we do the screen share all the time, and we don't show the. You know, we talk I can't see your screen. I said, play along at home. You don't have access to the Plate IQ. I do. I do. Plate IQ is great. There you go. Analysis. Thank you. <laughs> Do you have do you have access to lineup HQ as well? I do have access to lineup HQ. All right. Does anything uh, is anything interesting to you as far as the pitching perspective? As far as uh, I know you mentioned before, as far as the umpire data, we have some extremes out there that are lurking. The Tampa game has an extreme hitters, uh, extreme hitters umpire. We have an extreme pitchers umpire in Pittsburgh. Uh, anything else that's uh, interesting to you? Anything kind of worth noting that's going to change things, or it's just you know whatever. I mean. With the extreme pitchers umpire in uh, Chicago or in Pittsburgh, I guess. Uh, Alzale is a guy that I'm pretty much going to lock in today because everyone's going with Allen. They're pretty close to the same pitcher. And Alzale is going to come in at half the ownership and it's cheaper. Yeah, he also seems like a guy that can use the corners or use a couple inches off the corners because, uh, you know, he's shown a propensity to struggle at times as far as his uh, – accuracy start letting up questions there in the chat if you guys are on the youtube feel free to like and subscribe on the old youtube and if you're asking questions there d trainer producer is going to pull them and uh copy paste technology throw them in the rotor gunners chat and also feel free to join rotor gunners uh see what's going on over here uh stalling for time as hopefully questions will start loading here uh grant where, where is the all-star game this year out of curiosity do we know something i meant to Cleveland? is it cleveland's no. getting it no uh, i checked it earlier you're just naming a city aren't you well, I checked it a few months ago. <laughs> Do you have any All-Star Game plans? Or are you taking a, like, a week off or something? Or what, what are you doing? It is in Cleveland. Suck it, Dean. Well, okay. Well, well, that's uh, Yelich is going to win it because that's a good ballpark for lefty power. Yeah. Um, I don't really have any plans. I don't know. I'll figure it out. I think my dad's in town, so probably go golfing a few times. That sounds like good times. That is good times. Uh, all right. Some questions here loading in the chat as we're stalling for time. Of course, we're on a bit of a time delay. 45 seconds or so, give or take, just in case Grant drops uh, the F-bomb. Uh, would uh, playing a relief pitcher be smart at all tonight? We kind of discussed that, and uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, an interesting idea. Speak to that, Grant. I mean, most relief pitchers, no. I guess you can make an argument for Stanek, but realistically, playing Hauser is a better idea. Um, they're similar pitchers, just Hauser's probably going to go an extra inning or two. Yeah, I mean, Hauser, in theory, I suppose, can go, like, five. Yeah, that might be – well, he can go four, and that might be enough for you to win it. Uh, and if, does anybody get a quality starting panel today? Yeah. Um, let's see. Who? Smarja. Really? He goes six and gives up three or less. Yeah, um, yeah just Smarja. Maybe Trevor Williams with that pitcher umpire, but doubt it. Okay, well, that this, this probably answers this question then because somebody's asking a twofer for Fandle Cash, uh, Shark, that's Samarja, and, and Schwarber versus Yarborough and Renfro. Yarborough, of course, cannot, uh, he has no chance there for all the start. I'd go Shark. Yeah, Schwarber and Renfro, 
sort of this sort of similar for you? Yeah, I mean, no one's really a great option for cash, um, but Renfro. I mean, I guess Shark and Renfro is the better GBP play. The other one's probably better for cash, but I don't know. I'm I'm not sold on Yarba. They're asking me if I'm warm enough. I am warm enough. I do keep my apartment around seventy or so, and just so uh, you can wear a hoodie. Yeah, and I, I, I I'm not wearing an undershirt. I'm wearing a hoodie underneath my hoodie for what it's worth. <laughs> you are a strange fellow. I don't know, man. Um, yeah, favorite third baseman on Fanduel for cash. Uh, let's check out the third baseman for Fanduel for cash because I think it's. Uh, Moose is not third base eligible over there. Machado happens to be, um, or Yandy Diaz, Evany Suarez. I think it's probably Machado. Or uh, I mean, I mean, I'd rather go Diaz just because of the price. Um, let's see, it's probably Suarez is actually the cash game guy. I mean, if you're rostering Samarja, you have plenty of money to go around. That's true. Um, yeah. So if if money wasn't a thing, who's your favorite third baseman? Uh I don't know, probably Bryant, in all honesty, but I'm not really a fan. You can flip a coin and whoever, or throw a dart at the board. That's probably the better move. Here's a good question. A fantasy draft specific where you're not forced to roster a catcher, but is today one of those days where you would consider rostering one Yasmati Grandal? I say yes. 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 Yeah, I think he's a really strong play despite his position. I do want to say another site-specific play. Austin Meadows is like 13 bucks on Yahoo. That's a really good play. Yes, he uh, is. Yeah, just throwing that out there. <clears throat> I did the uh, Yahoo rankings earlier today, so I just kind of saw that popping up in my head. Uh, who is your cash game shortstop on DK? On DK, who was it? Um, uh, it's it's uh, Machado, if you can get there. I, th- I think it was someone else, though. I'm not Adonis? throwing cash on DK. I'm um, not either. Yeah, I guess it was Machado. Um, but, yeah, I, for tournament, it was – I mean, you guess, I guess you can go down to, what's the name, Iglesias at 3-5, but it's just not great options. How do you feel about Boom Boom as a leverage play, Trey Mancini? I will say I don't like his first, uh, the first at bat versus Stanek. Yeah, um, but he's going to get three against other guys. I mean, I guess it's a leverage play. It's a terrible ballpark, but he does have a, you know, a fair bit of power. Um, I don't really want to pick on you know, Yarbrough and that, that bullpen's pretty decent. Like, you know, Baltimore's got a team total barely above three, which uh, that's bad. It's really bad. Uh, but, like, you can play anything on this slate, and he's going to be fairly low-owned, and he does have, uh, he does have some upside. Um, any Trevor Williams? We're not terribly enthused. Like, he's I'm not going to be the worst pitcher in the slate. He's not going to be the best pitcher in the slate. How about that? Yeah, if he if he's garnering less ownership than we currently have him projected for, then I don't hate it. So they're making fun of the idea of playing, uh, you know, Samarja in cash, but like, okay, I get the comedy there, but all right, who are you playing if not Samarja? Explain to me how it's bad, guys. It's He has a low walk rate. San Diego has a lot of strikeout, strikeout upside, and everyone else is horrible. Yeah, they're all terrible. So, it, yeah, who is the least terrible? And, again, don't expect the old clean sheet, but you know, he's, he might yield the homer. But he has the highest prop as far as K's for a reason. We don't have that sending your lineup just yet, but spoiler alert, there will be some K's in there. Uh, plenty of power, too. Uh, and I'm a little bit, if you're playing cash, I'm just concerned about Yarbrough like, not going beyond like four innings or so. Uh, we shall see. I suppose he can. We've seen it before, but he's more likely to go deeper in games than he starts. 
and he's more likely to go deeper in games where he's, you know, he's had a full allotment of rest time, which again, he's not coming off his full rest just three days as opposed to the standard uh, four days. Uh, which leads us to the question, Yarbrough versus Shark. Well, I guess we kind of sort of answered that. I'm on Shark, but I could be wrong. All right. Uh, working our way down as far as questions again, we'll step aside about five minutes or so for crunch time. Uh, Grandal versus Moose. That's a good question. I like them both. I mean, on fantasy draft? They did not specify. I mean, if you're not, I'd, I'd rather go Moose, but obviously catcher is a little bit tougher to fill. So Grandall, if you're including positional scarcity, but playing both. Uh, is Kane a good play? And I will go back to what I said before, uh, as far as righties versus Male. Male's really good against righties. Like He's a legit solid pitcher against righties. I would only play Kane in a Milwaukee stack. What say you? Agreed. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. Austin Meadows versus Jason Hayward on Yahoo. Um, yeah, I think it's Meadows. I don't it's hate Meadows. It's not close. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate Hayward for what it's worth. Uh, you know, better ballpark for power for lefties there in Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, but I think it's Meadows, and I, I agree it's not particularly close. Uh, and I, I, I imagine the ownership will reflect that if you want to be a little bit different. Just kind of scrolling down, see anything that pops up. Uh, they're asked, did we, we we answered this question, right? Shortstop uh, cash game on Fandle. I'm not sure if we answered that one or not. We might not. I think we didn't. That's cash where it's game. ugly. Yeah, shortstop on Fandle is gross, is it not? It's not good. Um, I don't it's know. if you have the money. Yeah. Just Maybe it's worth save that for your last piece and just throw in whoever fits the price. Uh, I mean, Young O'Gung is a super punt, but like he gets pinch hit for, and I, I, I guess if you want to delegate that salary elsewhere, I suppose you can. Um, you know, VR is okay. Adamus is a little bit pricey, but you know he should be fine. Uh, kind of buried in the, in the lineup to some degree, but uh, yeah, maybe you just prioritize Tatis because he's the best hitter amongst that bunch, and just kind of bet the talent as opposed to uh, the matchup. Um, there, can you play Yarbrough and Fandel? I think you can. Yeah, fair off going up to Allen though. I don't. It's there's not really a right or there's not really an argument to be made against any pitcher outside of Baltimore's guy. Um, you can make an argument for literally any of them. Okay, so if you're on a two pitcher site, which two pitcher uh, uh, combination platter do you like better, Allen? No, uh, I thought you were just saying best. All right, go on. Uh, Allen and Stanek. Versus Shark and Alzale, I know what your answer is going to be. Yeah, Shark and Alzale. I'm full on fading in tournaments, Allen and Yarbaugh, not all likelihood, outside of maybe over on Yahoo. Pick one of these dudes for cash, uh, Reyes or Renfro, one of the outfielders for San Diego. For cash, uh, I mean, it's Reyes because of the price, but if price isn't a problem, then Renfro. How do you feel about a Chicago stack? Like, it's it's going to be kind of, as much as something can be lost in the slate, I guess it kind of sort of is to some degree. Yeah, I mean, again, every stack's viable. Problem is the ballpark, the extreme pitchers, umpire. I don't, I'm not, I don't have any of them. Let's just put it that way. All right, for tournaments, you got the Shark, Samarja, and Choi, or is Alzale and Rizzo? Huh? Okay, so you got Samarja with Rizzo, or uh, former teammates. Uh, wait, no. Is this no, cash? No. Is this is for tournaments? Alzale, second one, Rizzo. Versus Samarja and Choi. Second one. All right. Uh, would you play a re- relief pitcher? We've already kind of discussed that. Uh, Bryant, Manny, Rizzo, a good trio of bats? 
You like spending it great? That's fine. I mean, I'm not I'm not high on any of them. I'm Do you have really any you have any specific thoughts as far as like stacking on this slate as opposed to other slates? Do I have any theories on stacking? Well, they're asking about stacking, basically saying, is this a slate you should stack on? I mean, on FanDuel, absolutely. I mean, there's there's bets. I mean, it's not the worst idea to not stack over on DK or over on Yahoo um, just because you need more home runs than you do lots of runs, but this is probably going to be a stacking winning slate. They're asking how long Alzale is going to go. He threw 87 pitches last time out. He wasn't super efficient, didn't make it to the fifth, but uh, I assume if he's somewhat efficient, he can go five or six innings, right? Yep. All right. Finish strong, Grant. Give me something for the road. Um, Alzale is the top-scoring pitcher on the slate. He's Grant. I'm Dean. Enjoy your baseball tonight. We're out of here. Holler. Peace.